Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you all so much for showing up and supporting this podcast that's been delivering good news since we launched in 2018. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. So here we are. I know we've all had a lot going on this summer. It's been such a busy summer for sure for all of us. Personally, I've had a lot going on and not all of it has been good here in our world. This summer certainly looks different for everyone, but again, I'm so grateful that you are here today listening. So thank you so much for showing up in this space and listening and supporting to good news. So welcome to podcast episode number 90 of Nina's Got Good News. Today's episode focuses on such a great company that is having a ton of success and also having fun at the same time. Doesn't that sound good? Fun and success all in one company. I love it. Literally everywhere I've been this summer, I've seen the same sunglasses being worn over and over and over. So I needed to find out why that was happening and how that happened. Maybe you even have a pair or two of the gooder sunglasses yourself. I know in our house, we are totally obsessed. We have multiple pairs. So let's get the good news story behind the fun and fashionable sunglasses that everyone is wearing right now. Here is my recent conversation with Stephen Lease the co-founder and CEO of Gooder Sunglasses. Hey, Stephen, how are you? Hi, how are you? Good, how's it going? I'm doing well. Uh, uh, it's a pleasure to meet you, Nina. You too. You're so young, Stephen. Oh my gosh, lucky oh, dog. Uh, I think it's just the hairstyle. I'm not as young as I used to be. Okay, well, I just want I just want to know, I just want you to know, these are my favorite Gooders right here. Skymalls, those uh, those are actually low key one of my top tens. Can you make more of these? Because everyone is like, everyone's obsessed with these. I, 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 those weirdly sometimes you don't know how things are gonna turn out, and those ones like turned out incredible. Yeah, uh, and uh, then um, these are my son's favorite. They're mine, but he stole them, so these are his favorite. I spy Yeti, the uh, uh, one of the original six. Love them. Yep. Yep. So. Anyway, just so you know, like how obsessed we are with you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it makes me so happy. I, I never. We kind of have a problem, Stephen. Well, called gooder addiction. For sure, it's actually something that is it was never part of the master plan of like how much fun it is, and then you can just afford to buy way more than you can of any other sunglass. And so, it, I, it's something that was not part of you. I, I understand it now, years later, but we got so lucky with like with that addiction thing that is, oh, like, yeah. is quite, quite common. <laughs> it's serious. Um, okay. So are you ready to get started by the way? I am. Okay. You're amazing. You're like a pro since you have your own podcast. Own podcast. Um, and, uh, uh, so yeah. I'm, 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 uh, you're a pro. I'm pro. I'm ready for it. Always. Um, all right. So we're going to share all the good or good news. Cause we, we like to share good news on Nina's got good news. Steven. Oh yeah. So, Tell us, Stephen, what is the current state of the company? Tell us how it's going at Gooder right in this moment. In this moment in time, how is it going? It's going great. Um, you know, we were um, cautious coming out of 2020. And, you know, um, we are surpassing all of our projections. Um, uh, full revenue-wise, our team's growing at, uh, at a really quick rate. We have some amazing partnerships. It's a 
it is for sure not easy all the time, but it's quite, it's quite surreal. That's awesome. Well, good for you. I mean, I would just like give you a huge hand for surviving the pandemic and not only surviving, but thriving. So for sure, kudos to you guys. I'm sure every day you thank your lucky stars, but tell us just quickly, I know the backstory of Gooder because I'm totally obsessed with your sunglasses (laughs) and your brand, but give everyone the backstory, like where starting Gooder, like why did you even start this company with your, with your high school friends? Yeah, so two co-founders are Ben and Carrie, both went to high school together, uh, class of 2000. So, uh, uh, oh my God, so young, so young. Yeah, so young. Don't brag, <laughs> Steven, stop bragging. <laughs> Grew up in Colorado, but um, it's gooders, you know, we're here six years later and we're 80 people. And so people always think it's an overnight success. In a lot of ways it is, except for it's the sixth company I've either started or been a part of starting and the other five were failures. And so was able to build upon those failures, but really... I got into running in my late twenties, ran my first marathon when I was 30 and then became obsessed with running and then realized that running sunglasses sucked. And the problem was they're ugly and they're expensive and they're over-engineered. And so our whole brief was how do we make something that's fun and fashionable, uh, affordable. So every pair of goods either 25 or $35. And then, um, all run without the extra bullshit. So we started with run in 2015 and in 2017, we we really started with the idea of we didn't think there was any brands out there that spoke to fun like we did. And and so we launched in 2015, a direct consumer only business, and it was a side hustle for two years. And then in 2017, it was like, oh, this is real. We had we kind of had this moment, Nina, of are we a run brand or are we an eyewear brand? And we realized we're an eyewear brand. And so we uh, went to the beast space, which is kind of CrossFit, OCR then bike gooder, then golf gooder, game gooder. And so we basically took all of our learnings in the run world and uh, applied them elsewhere. And so we make a, we make a fashionable sunglasses for athletes that anyone can afford. Yeah, I love it. My son, my, my, my kids wear them sailing too. So you need to add sailing there and also for tennis. So oh yeah, we wear them uh, for all the sports. It's so awesome. So tell us a little bit then, you mentioned the, your own journey with running. I know you you have a, a real passion for running. So I love one of the things, the way you describe it as um, running is your moving meditation, because I for actually sure. fail. I actually fail at meditation, but I love running too. So I kind of similar like that. It sort of calms me. It's like my meditation yeah. too, but tell us a little bit about your own personal journey with running and why do you love it so much? Yeah. I mean, it's a really interesting thing. I, I'm a high mover in life, like, you know, animated, always like moving. And so I played sports growing up, but never didn't run in high school or anything. And I kind of casually jogged, but I, I always liked it. And uh, a good friend of mine, Russ, we live in the same building together in downtown LA. And he goes, hey, I think I'm gonna run LA Marathon. Do you want to do it with me? I was like, oh, this is perfect. I can train with somebody who lives in my building. And uh, mile 16 of the first marathon, I'm being glaring glaringly obvious. I did not train hard enough. Uh, like, you know, legs cramped up on the side of the road. I'm dying. And, but I loved, I finished the marathon, but I loved the the grind. And then flash forward six months later, I'm joining another, another marathon this time, went from five hours to four hours. Then I'm running a marathon every three months then two months. And then five years later to like, basically the week of my first marathon, I ran a hundred mile race and I just fell in love with it. I, I like how hard it is. I like the exhaustion. I like the camaraderie when you run with people. It's a really weird thing. I, it's a gift that was given to me and 
um, I don't, I can't really even explain. It's, it's, it, I got really fortunate of finding this thing that I fell so hard, so so in love with uh, at that like that point in my life. Yeah, that's awesome. So on the daily or maybe weekly, like what's your average? How many miles are you doing now? Yeah, so like average you know, I, per week. Right. So I peaked in 2017. I was doing like 60 miles a week. I mean, I was yeah, I was running a full marathon. Uh, I was probably like 75 miles a week. So like I was running a full marathon Friday before work, then um, doing it again on Saturday, training for a hundred mile race. And and so uh, that was for sure my peak. Right now, I do 25 a week, um, which well, which I like. By the way, you're also running a company, so yeah. And and, and yeah. I burned myself out to be to be yeah, it's I, a I was, lot. I was working to like good everything off the ground, and and training for those races is is almost a full time job. Um, but one of the gifts that I got in COVID was more time back, where I really got back into running. And so uh, yeah, but right now I'm, I'm do 25 miles a week, and uh, also. I'm a basic Peloton bitch. Like I got a Peloton inside of, inside of a. Yeah. Who's um, your favorite Peli instructor? Mine is oh, Allie Love, but I mean, I have well, so many, but. Love Allie Love. Um, I mean, Leanne Haynes B is my oh, low key, uh, 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 my low key uh, Peloton crush. And she gave me a shout out on my birthday. No so, way. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. I love yeah. that. Yes. Leanne, <laughs> with her cute little accent. She's, yeah. I love her too. So I'm fascinated by this because I love direct to consumer, but what was behind your decision to not only do direct to consumer, but then also retail stores? Like give us a little like peek behind yeah. the scenes with your strategy there. Cause I think it's so fascinating. For sure. This is actually, we were just talking about this I know yesterday. it's called D to C, but I mean, for the average yeah. person out there like me, it's direct to consumer. Yeah. Uh, Gooder was built uh, direct consumer. So gooder.com. Um, I had a, a background in digital marketing. And so it was, that's what, that's where we started the company. And we didn't have an active plan for uh, retail to start. And then about a year into it, um, run shops one at a time would email us. Uh, Louisiana running company, the first one that ever did it would be like, Hey, do you sell to run shops? And so we never, um, we obviously have a strategy now, but we never sought it out. And so we were like, like, like quickly, we're like, yeah, we do. We made a retail program, um, like, like made some really jank ass POP. Uh, and, and we were off, but um, what the benefit of doing it that way is letting them come to us is we don't have to compromise. We don't have to give crazy terms. We're not trying to sell them. We actually, still to this day, we don't have an outreach model. Every new account that's open is inbound. We probably open 30 doors a week. Um, and so it, at first it was 100% direct consumer. Uh, and then it you know, was like 30% um, B2B. And then it, it, we, we went over backwards at one point in probably 2000, from 2017 to 18, we opened a thousand doors in one year. And then we were about 65% B2B and 35% um, direct consumer. Um, and since then we've we have shifted back the other way. We're about 65% direct consumer, 30% um, B2B and then 5% some other random shit we do. Um, and so but we have a really healthy mix and there's a really internal, there's an interesting debate of, of, I think every business is different, but for us, we, we are committed to being in retail stores. There's a lot of benefits to it. Um, if your pricing model allows you to do it, I. I highly encourage it.
Yeah, it's so awesome. One of my favorite stores here in Connecticut, Darien Sports Shop in Darien, Connecticut. Yeah. I was in there buying more glasses because I'm addicted. Um, I was in there buying more glasses for my kids for the summer. And it was like this crowd was sort of gathering by the by the area, by the gooder area. And all these people were asking, like, what, what, wait, why are you guys all, you know, what, what are those? What are those? And it was all the fun colors, you know, because that's what I love yeah. about you guys is all the fun colors and also the fun names, of course. But I think it was like, it was one of those things we were all looking and then the crowd gathered and then everyone else wanted a pair too. They were like, this is amazing. These are so cool. So tell us a little bit about the fun colors. How do you pick the fun colors and the fun names? Because I think that's one of the draws. It's like eye candy, right? Yeah. Fun colors. I love the fun names, but how do you guys come up with all that? Cause that seems like a huge task. For sure. You know, we launched with six colors originally and the first pair that we uh, ever uh, wanted in samples were Flamingos on a Booze Cruise. Oh, and I have those. Yeah, I got those my, last summer from my friend, Christy. Christy yeah, gave those to me. I love those. Yes. And uh, pulled those these were out one of the first, the OG. Yeah, they, they, these were the first, actually. Wow. Like, uh, I have the original six outside my my window here, but uh, pulled them out of the, the thing and I looked at my partner, Ben, and I go, look at these. You know what these look like? These look like you're on a booze cruise with a flamingo. And uh, and I go, in fact, we're going to call these flamingos on a booze cruise. And, he, and he's like, sure, Stephen, because he has to humor me. Um, and the, it was, we just, it was an idea that quick, did it. Then we named the first six and um, we only had six colors for about two years. And then we started launching more and, uh, we like in 2017, we did like 18, uh, more colors. And I remember, uh, Ben and I are having a conversation. He's like, well, we're not going to name all these colors as a co. In fact, we are, sir. Uh, and, and so we just, we kept it, but we realized early on, Nina, that people wanted more colors and they wanted more and they wanted more. And so our model now we have about 70 inline SKUs that are in our in our rotation year round. And then we drop about 130 SKUs a year, but they're limited. So once they're gone, they're gone. And every pair gets a name like Whiskey Shots with Satan or uh, Flamingos on a Booze Cruise. I mean, and uh, we now name them as a group, like, like anybody at the company can recommend names. And then there's a, a core group of us that we basically read the names and whichever one we laugh the loudest at is usually the winner. I love it. It's like, it's like your own focus group, whoever laughs. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's so great. So Steven, explain to me, because my husband was asking this because he knows I'm obsessed and my kids are obsessed, but he was like, I don't understand how are they able to make them not slip off your face? So when I'm out running, like that was what drew yeah. me to you guys, other than my friend, Christy buying me those flamingo glasses. But then I started wearing them running and I was like, wait, they really don't fall off my face but how are you able to make them so that they don't fall off your face? Cause literally all the other sunglasses that I've ever had didn't really work for me running. Yeah. So it really, is it, is it the ear? Is it the ear or the nose? There, there, or both? There's, it's both. So we decided early on, we wanted to hit um, the $25 price point. So it kind of was a gift, you know, where it allowed us to say, no, we couldn't do all this extra stuff. Um, and so we're like, Oh, well, what can we do? Like, well, we can, we can make a really um, light snug fit. So it's polycarbon with a snug fit. So the, the snug fit is why they don't bounce. And then we couldn't afford to do nose inserts. And so we had this like rubber grip coating created so they don't slip when you sweat. And so it's a combination of those two things that um, that happened. And that was, we had to creatively solve because we couldn't afford to do silicone inserts and all this other molding. It was a really, uh, uh, it was it was a really nice like framework to have to play in. 
That's awesome. And how did you actually pick the $25 price point? Because I feel like that is such a sweet spot that you guys like, you kind of nailed it there because that's another reason why we can all be addicted to you and why I'm happily buying them for my children because they're $25. So how did you pick that $25 mark? How did you do that? It wasn't real high uh, consumer research. Uh, it was us legit being like, well, um, all right, well, what do we think's the most we can charge and people would think it's an insane deal, right? The, our, our goal was um, on people people holding them and then hearing a $25 being like, oh, but that's it. And so we legit, it was kind of like a like, all right, well, um, money-wise, like here's like, like, you know, here's our cogs and then, uh, right. We kind of like, like $40, like, well, $40 sounds really high. And we're like $35, like, oh, like $20. And you kind of hear it and you're like, oh, that's a, that's a number. And it was, it was legit that unprofessional. Like, it was like, it was, it was that unprofessional. And, but we, you know, we now have models that are $35 and everything that's $35 is kind of stuff we want to do at the beginning, but didn't want to cross the, the $25 threshold. And so it was a uh, really, uh, I was just being like, I don't know, what, what do you think? You think that's good? Who, what, okay, I think and it was, it, it, it wasn't uh, as, as, uh, as much more thought out than that. I love it, it's genius, it's so good. So Stephen, if you were to pinpoint, like what do you think is making you guys stand out amongst all the others out there? Like. When someone says like, what's the secret to your success? Like seriously, why is everyone wearing your sunglasses and wearing multiple pairs of your sunglasses? Like what is the secret there? I just, I, I want to know what is behind that. Do you think in your opinion, how did you break through the well, noise? So one, we are just incredibly lucky. Like I, I want to like acknowledge that. I think that um, a lot of balls had to bounce the, the right way for us to be where we are. Um, we couldn't have started this business 20 years ago, like, like sourcing a factory, like that far ago would have been too hard. Like we didn't have connections. And so I want to, luck is huge. So I just want to acknowledge that. Um, but we really, we started it as a side hustle and we really started it because we wanted it. We didn't think there was anything fun out there. And so when you start something as a side hustle and you don't need to uh, that money to pay your rent, you can do crazy shit like make pink glasses with a teal lens and call them flamingos on a booze cruise because you're like, we're just doing this to have fun. Um, and so I think the the first thing is is staying true. We saw the need, we stayed true to it, and we didn't overextend ourselves. Um, uh, I think people see me on interviews and they see the brand and and sometimes they're like, well, these guys just sit around and party all day. I'm like, I mean we grind our ass off. And so it's like, one, we got lucky. Two, uh, we stayed true to the brand. Three, we didn't overextend ourselves. Uh, and and four, me personally, um, I love the work. It's like this, it's fun. It's a wild game. And I don't take lightly that for $25, we could put smiles on people's faces and that's real. And so I, I think why it connected with the consumer is nobody out there was, was, giving people the opportunity to wear purple glasses with a teal lens or bright orange Bronco colors, you know, like the, the donkey goggles, because I'm, I'm from Denver and so we're huge Denver Bronco fans. And so I don't, I think brands don't listen to the consumer enough. We listened and uh, we got, we got lucky and, and then we stayed true to it. Right. Like, like you could, I, I used to go travel a ton to stores and run groups and meet people and sell sunglasses at the back of my car. And if you just, if you listen to people, they're telling you everything you need to know. And we, you just, we just stayed true to that. Yeah. That's so awesome. It's so important. And I love your whole mantra of like, 
working hard and having fun. Yeah. It's like you kind of, you guys kind of have the work hard, play hard thing down pretty well. So give us a little bit more about your company culture, because I feel like that's such a huge part of your brand. And obviously that started with you as the CEO and, and, and your two high school friends, of course, as yeah. well. But I feel like that's from the top down. The company culture is super important. And I love that, you know, the work hard, play hard is really big there. And also just having fun, because I feel like if you're not having fun doing, doing the work, then it's yeah. kind of like, what's the point, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. So here's the thing. Uh, I, I've had friends before, like train for a marathon because they wanted to lose weight. And I remember having this one conversation with a friend. I was like, oh, that's, that's the worst idea. I was like, it's miserable out there. Like if you don't love the grind of the run, you shouldn't be doing this. And so starting a company is the exact same, right? If you don't like the grind and the problem solving and all of that, it's like, like everybody, well, people see good or now and they're like, oh, I want that. And I was like, I was like, well, you want this. I'm not sure if you want, uh, 2015 to 2018 because that was a, a different a different gooder um but the gift a sunglass company is fun to run but i could like the i could have just as much fun selling mattresses the gift of a successful company is doing culture stuff the way i've always wanted to do it and so i really have to lean into discomfort of like breaking the mold because the bigger we get it's harder You're like oh this is why companies do that way because it's it's safe and so our company culture is um, it's fun to work at Gooder if you like to work, um, but it's not easy. Like, 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 like we are big believers, you know, we use things like we teach people productivity, how to have tough conversations. We're Brene Brown followers and, you know, we used to know the Enneagram, but we're really, um, kind of a flat reporting structure. There's 12 different teams. Everybody's autonomous before COVID. You had to be in the office Tuesday, Thursday only Monday, Wednesday, and Friday were optional. And everybody here has a ton of autonomy, but the price you pay for autonomy is accountability. And so the, I think the thing that's hard in, 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 in this world is uh, people aren't taught to have tough conversations. So we teach you from onboarding to have tough conversations so that you can give better feedback. And uh, our culture is wild. Like, 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 you know, we have, I do quarterly reviews. I still sit in every single one. Um, uh, I give everybody here feedback. Uh, positive and coaching. We have a quarterly summit where the entire company is in the same room for two days every three months. Um, we didn't have, we couldn't do that during COVID, obviously. Um, and then, like, we're a rocket ship going to the moon, and so we want we want people here who want to go to the moon. And if you don't want to go to the moon, I get it. Space is a dangerous place, uh, but like, like that is that is the culture. It, it is it's a really unique space, and I think different than a lot of people think it is. Yeah, I love it. Get on that rocket ship because you're yeah. going. It's so awesome. <laughs> so obviously, we don't want to be all rainbows and unicorns and flamingos sure. here. So give us the real, real though, Stephen. Like, what was your biggest challenge during the pandemic? Like, as a leader, as a CEO, what was the biggest challenge during the pandemic? And then how did you overcome it? Like, what did you learn from it? Yeah, I mean, you know, there were so many. I initially our sales went to kind of zero and you know, we own the company and so we don't have deep investments. And so that was a, a thing where we had to cut expenses down to the bone. Um, but I always say that we hit COVID Plinko in the sense that we had a strong direct consumer business, we are smart, we pivoted. So ding ding, um, in a economic downturn of $25. Ding, ding. The only thing people can do is go outside and run and cycle. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, winner, right? So, Sue, so, but 
that was hard. Like in the last week in February of 2020, we hired uh, 13 or 16 people. I don't remember onboarded like full-time salary. And then three weeks later, it had to be sitting in a room, had to lay nine people off. Like that was something that wasn't in our, like, like didn't even think was like on the board of possibilities. Right. And so that was really hard. But what we learned is we were spending money kind of like assholes. And what I mean by that is um, when you're growing quickly, you're like, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. But then we've now had an entire year plus about doing a lot of things. And we're like, oh, I don't think we needed to do that. Like that seems like, and so we learned how to spend our money way more, way, uh, way more conservatively, way more things to make an impact. Um, connections been really hard during this. Like um, I understand Zoom and all this stuff is, is great. We use Slack and there, there's a benefit there, but man, not being able to grab somebody and have a five minute conversation is soul crushing. Like, like, like it is, it's like, it's like, oh, if I need to, ask, if I need to ask somebody a question, like um, I got to, especially if it's a hard question, you know, I got to like spend 30 minutes typing a Slack in the right tone to make sure it's something like, hey, FYI, this is going on. I need you to do this. And so those things I didn't even realize were ha- like we were missing until people started kind of coming back voluntarily, like in March. And then I was like, oh my God, like how much like, people don't kind of like, 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 so that I, I think that spending uh, was a big lesson. And then also um, I don't subscribe to this belief that the world has changed and like everybody's going to be remote. I actually firmly disagree with that. Like we, um, we're like, it's a, we're going to be a Tuesday, Thursday company starting this fall again. And I think, we, I, I was, confer- I confirmed that being in person is really important. Not nine, not five days a week, but at least a couple of days. Right. So Tuesday, Thursday, you're going back in the office. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a great, that's a great compromise. And also for any listeners that are confused, Slack is Gooder's version of email, internal no email. email. Yeah, yep. No Cause you guys email. don't use email. I know. Um, so I learned that about you. So, um, Stephen, what would you say, like, how does adversity affect you? Does that motivate you? Does that drive you or does that derail you as a leader? So I love it. I think we are like, we are legit on a rocket ship, but I love getting knocked down and peg because I'm like, I'm like, nope, not nearly as good as as we thought we were, were we? And like, those are the, those are the growth points. It is really, really fun. I mean, um, so I, I like it, Nina. Um, Obviously when things like, um, actually when things like COVID happen, there's a weird calmness that, that exists because at the moment that's going on, you kind of have no other choices. And so uh, it turns out rock bottoms, a pretty strong place to build a foundation. And so those giant things are kind of calming. Um, but the day to day when something doesn't work out, uh, I secretly love it because it, it forces us to learn from it. And like, it'd be so boring if everything was predictable. Like how boring would it be if you just knew it was going to happen every day? Yeah. It's almost exciting when you, when you get the, when you get the no or the slam the door in the face, some sort of adversity comes your way. It's actually, it actually sometimes is the best thing to happen to you. Right. So the first, um, 45, um, retail accounts that I talked to, they started selling us right away. And then I remember it was like, it was right around like 45. I talked to a company and the person was like, no, I'm not going to, you know, like blah, 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 these reasons. I remember being like, oh, that's what it feels like. That, that sucks. Like I, I remember it. I'm, I'm like, Paul, oh, I thought it was going to be easier than this. And it, but like, even that was a really wonderful lesson of like, 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 Oh, you still got a long way to go. Yep. Yep. That's good. It was keeping you humble too, keeping you on For your sure. toes. That's so good. Yeah. 
So tell us quickly about, um, cause I know we're running out of time, but tell us quickly about the importance of giving back as a company, because I love that you guys, you know, are passionate about this. I am as well too, but I feel like you guys have a big heart and giving back is so important to you guys at Gooder. Yeah, for sure. So we're, we're part of 1% for the planet. So we donate 1% of our top line revenue to causes for the earth. We also do a ton of other stuff um, around it. We're actually in the process of developing our own version of 1% for the planet, but it's going to be, you know, more of a 1% for people and social causes. Um, and so we're, we're doing that to roll it out next year. But here's the thing. Um, uh, like I talk about, like the luck and the gratitude that we have had, the ability to do what we do is a gift. I don't take it lightly. Um, it's why everybody here gets 10% to do like purpose projects so they can donate, they can work with nonprofits. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I come from a lower middle-class family with nothing and, uh, um, we live in abundance and I'm just being an asshole thing not to do this. And so there's also just that part of it. I don't know. I, it's, I, it just, it feels good. Um, we can, and I'm very aware that we can. So like, I just, I, there, there's a lot of gratitude there. Um, and, you know, I'm very, we're very aware of like, Hey, we, you know, we do have a carbon footprint. So we are actually carbon neutral. Like we put all of our, we put funds to offset our carbon footprint because um, we have one earth and um, we love people and social causes. So I don't know. I, this is a very clumsy answer. Um, I think the easy answer is it's the right thing to do. And we'd be assholes if we didn't do it. And yeah. our mission statement is we get, we exist to give you the permission to be unabashedly yourself unless you're an asshole. And we are not assholes. Oh my God. It's so true, Stephen. This is so good. So tell us a little bit quickly about what you do for fun outside of yeah. Gooder. Outside of Gooder, what does Stephen do for fun? All right. Oh, I won't, t I won't, I'll take running off the board. Uh, uh, in COVID, I got way, way back in the golf. I, my dad was a golfer, superintendent growing up. So I play a lot of golf. Also, um, I love, uh, if, if you're ever in LA, you know, come to the office, like our office is crazy. So I love like interior design. And, uh, so my place is as equal and I'm getting ready to move. And so I actually, I, I love like, um, my partner, Sarah and I are like in the process of like, doing some really wild stuff. And so I just, I love that. Like, I love the creating part of it. Um, and then I have dinner with friends, like, I don't know, three or four nights a week. I, I That's love good. People. That's important, yeah. right? Yeah, it's yeah. good. We got to check in with our friends. They need us and we need them. So sure. tell us quickly, what is, we're in the second half now of 2021, which is kind of mind blowing. I'm still yeah. like, wait, what we are? Yeah. Uh, what happened to the first half? So we're in the second half of 2021. So what's ahead for you and Gooder in the second half of 2021? Like what's next? Like give us a little glimpse into the future here. We want to know what's next because we're obsessed. Yeah. So uh, we are going to do our first in-person event in, uh, in, uh, in late September. So we're going to do uh, the Catalina Tropical Mixer. And so we're doing like, uh, this like whole event on Catalina Island out here in LA. And we're doing a golf tournament in October. So those will be our only two in-person events this year. So that's really exciting. Obviously a bunch of cool products. We're doing uh, uh, a run shoe and a uh, CrossFit shoe with Reebok uh, uh, dropping in September. It's oh, like that's awesome. Unbelievable. And we're hiring like crazy. So if people want a job, uh, we hire in classes. So uh, we pick three to four weeks a year and so uh we have a we're hiring right now we have a class that's starting in august i think we're about hiring about 10 10 people in august and then 
I don't know, seven or eight in October. So uh, um, that keeps us busy on the culture standpoint. We're at this moment of um, we're growing out of being like a mid-sized company. And so we're trying to put things in place to keep our culture thriving, like not the same because it's impossible to keep it the exact same over major growth, but how do we keep it thriving? And so yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's I love that you're on. hiring so much. This is so exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. Not everyone yeah, can you. say that right now. So good for you guys. I love it. Give yourself a pat on the back. Oh, so tell it. us, Stephen, how can we follow along with you and your company and also your pod? Give us this. Yeah. Story. How do we follow along? Because this is all really fun. Yeah. So websites, gooder.com or at gooder. That's for the brand. And we also do our own culture podcast. So it's uh, culture gooder. Um, so it's, uh, at culture gooder on Instagram or search culture gooder on Spotify or, uh, iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And so we, we do different seasons and we do deep behind the scenes look at our culture and you can follow me at Stephen Lee. So that's P H S T E P H E N L E A S E. So, uh, also, uh, uh, shout out to Hannah for, uh, for helping me out with that. And then Maya for setting up his interview because, uh, I wouldn't, I, they take care of me. I know it takes a village. And Stephen, would sure. you say was when it comes to social, would you say Instagram is your jam or yeah. what's your favorite? Instagram. Instagram is my jam. Yep. And is yep. that like huge for gooder too, would you say? Yeah, it's huge for gooder. Um, we have um seven Instagrams. So we have the brand, which is at gooder, then we have at run gooder, at beast, at bike, at golf. So if you're a runner or a golfer, you can follow then culture and then and then you so we're really big on Instagram, but we are pretty much everywhere. And then we're getting into some uh, um, other stuff uh, here in the near future. Oh, that's so great. Well, congratulations, Stephen. It's such an inspiration. And most of all, I love just hearing about the fun because I'm all about finding fun this year. I think that's super important. It's something we're all looking for. And you guys have hit it out of the park and um, just love your sunny so much and can't wait to go back to Darien Sports Shop because they just texted me and told me they have 150 new pairs in because literally (laughs) they're selling out like crazy at all the stores. So anyway, Stephen, thanks so much and love your brand so much. Love your baby and congratulations on just being so awesome and keep it up. Thanks so much. Thanks for the good news. Nina, thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast. Remember, you can find Nina's Got Good News on iTunes and Spotify, also on Google Play, Stitcher, and Outcast. And now we are also on Pandora. Please be sure to subscribe. Also, rate and review all her podcasts, too. And be sure to share it with a friend. The mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community in the audio space. Please follow my mom on Instagram. Her handle is Nina B. Clark. Don't forget, Clark has an E at the end of it. For now, I'm Blaine Clark. Thank you again for listening, and let's just keep being awesome. XOXO.